Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. Looking at verse 6. One simple verse. The whole chapter is really good. You're going to have to read that one later. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. When you got it, please say, got it. My people. Somebody say, he's talking about me. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Now, before you get too caught up in that, let me just tell you a couple things. Anytime you read the Old Covenant, you must now read it from New Covenant perspective. So you must read it through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So the way you could, you could read that uh, through the, the, re- the resurrection of Christ and the mercy of Christ and the new covenant that we have with Christ, because listen, you can't make sense of the old and new covenant without the cross and without the resurrection. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. You can't just go take a scripture in, in either, old or new, and just make it say whatever you want. It has to be through the lens of the new covenant, through the wisdom and through the revelation of the new covenant. And so the scripture um, is, is very uh, powerful and important for us to understand, but we don't need to misunderstand some stuff. So let me just make sure that, that I, I speak a couple things to this before I jump into, into my notes. Is when it says that you have rejected, you know, me, you rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests. So in the new covenant, once we have been born again, we are never rejected. He said, I will never leave you nor. So we're never rejected. But what happens as priests, because if you're a new, if you're a believer in Christ in the new covenant, you are a royal priesthood. That means you're a king priest. So you are a priest. So Christ will never reject you because he has took the judgment, shame and guilt that was due your name. He took it upon himself. He took your judgment. Now you'll have a, you'll have a judgment of stewardship when you go to heaven, at the beam of seat of Christ, but your judgment for righteousness has already been done. And he has declared you righteous. You'll have to answer for how your faithfulness and stewardship, but your, as far as righteousness goes, you are as righteous as you're ever going to be right now. So he will never reject you. But what will happen in your ministry and the functionality of you functioning as a priest of God, as a witness for God, as a minister for God, and no matter where you live or what you do, if you're a New Testament believer, he wants to use you uh, to reach the world as an ambassador for Christ. So what this verse does tell us, if you reject the knowledge of God, he's not going to reject you, but your rejecting of the knowledge of God will definitely affect your ability to walk in the eternal priesthood that God has called you to walk in. It will definitely affect you, and it will affect your children. It will definitely affect your children. If you're in Christ, you have been forgiven. 
If you're not in Christ, you've not been born again, you have not been forgiven. And just because you showed up for church this morning didn't mean you, doesn't mean you're forgiven. You have to be in Christ. You have to be willing to come into relationship with Him. And so I was praying about this year, you know, um, like Jeff talked about last week, the, about the door, the year of the, the door, and the year of the open door. And the, a few weeks before, maybe the week before, I don't know, I talked about in 2024, it's going to be, you, you need to know, have discernment in what to say no more to. No more. This will be no more in my life. That you and your identity in Christ now have a God-given authority. And out of that identity, you take authority in Christ and you say no more. You stand up and say, enough is enough, no more. And then the other side of the coin where you begin to say, God, I want to know more. I want to know more about what you've already done for me. I want to know more about who you are and therefore who I am in you. And we talked about how God is not, the church is not the building. The church is always the people that Jesus is building. And we want to know more, get an appetite and a hunger to know more so we can walk in everything that God has for us. And so the scripture was really coming to my mind about my people are destroyed. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And look at your notes. The definition of destroyed means cut down, cut off. And this will blow your mind, means silenced. The enemy is trying to silence you. He's trying to make you mute. And that's a big deal. That's a real problem. That's a real problem. Because the church is a mouthpiece. We should be saying what God says. God's word should be in our mouth. We don't need to say what we feel. That's a problem. We don't need to say what we think. That's a problem. We need to say what God says. We don't need to say what the devil says. We don't need to say what the world says. We don't need to echo the opinion of somebody else. We don't need to follow a world that's not following Christ. We need God's word in our mouth. We need God's word in our life. God's word in our heart. And we need to say what God says. We need to speak to the mountains. We need to speak against the enemy. We need to talk back. We fight, we fight back by talking back. When those thoughts come into your mind and they start lying to you because of what you've done or somebody else has done, you got to talk back. you got to talk to yourself. Anybody in here ever talk to themselves? You got to talk to yourself. People say, what are you doing? Just having a conversation. <laughs> you got to talk to yourself. You got to put God's word in your mouth. You got to remind yourself of who you are. You got to remind yourself of who Jesus is. You've got to talk back. You got to, and you don't just make up stuff. You don't go in a fight with a devil. Just start making up stuff like a devil. I'll tell you what, I, I believe I can fly. You're going to get your booty whooped. We're not quoting Hallmark stuff or even just self-help stuff. We got to quote the word of God. We got to declare the word of God. We got to say what God said. Jesus said to Satan, it is written. And he spoke it passionately. That's the two-edged sword of the word of God coming out of your mouth. The sword of the spirit, which is the, the rhema word of God coming out of your mouth. You've got to put God's word in your mouth. The enemy is trying to silence you. And here's how you know he's at work. Were you singing earlier? Has he stole your worship already? I know y'all going to be like, I like it better when Jeff preaches. When's the last time you shared your faith? When's the last time you talked back to the devil? 
When's the last time you had just a good old time of just encouraging yourself and saying what God says? Or or maybe you say, well, I don't know what God says. I don't know God's word. Okay, how long are you going to let yourself live that way? You seem to be on Google a lot, Facebook a lot. Searching up all, you, you know, what's, you know what's, what's streaming on Netflix right now. You know this series and know that series, can quote that song, quote this thing. You learned a whole lot of stuff. How long are you going to live under the excuse of, I don't know God's word? I'm saying this a little bit bold this morning because what God is doing in our lives and in this church family in, 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 in 2024, what he's doing for you to be able to say, I, I, to say no more and I want to know more so that I can walk in these open doors that God has for me and use the keys of the kingdom, you're going to have to take action. Takes the same amount of action to get high to get close to the most high. To walk in fear as it does to walk in faith. To be obedient as it is disobedient. How long will you let your flesh and your feelings dominate you? Instead of standing up and saying, I will not be destroyed. God, I'm not going to be cut off. I'm not going to be cut down. And I'm not going to be silenced. I'm not going to be silenced. That my voice will outlive my life. That I will say things to certain people that when I die, they will my, the wisdom of God and the word of God that came, through, it, that came from God through my mouth into this world as I released it into my family, released it into my church family. That my words, the word of God through my mouth will not be silenced, but it will outlive my life and be seed to another generation. The enemy's trying to silence you. But we're not going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. So if you look at the three points there, there's three things he says. The first thing is lack of knowledge. That speaks to ignorance. That speaks to ignorance. And there's way too many people in the body of Christ that are now coming to church, especially in the United States, coming to church to be entertained, get a good little feeling going on, but they remain biblically and kingdom ignorant. And what needs to happen is you have to get an appetite and a desire to say, I want to know. I need to know. What does God say about money? What does God say about finances? What does God say about relationships? What does God say about marriage? What does God say? You don't need to know what the politicians say. You don't need to know what the world says. You need to know what God says. Can you know what the enemy tries to do? He tries to, you know what his main question is? He comes at you trying to destroy you and silence you so you don't say what God says, so you don't, you don't let God's word operate in you and through you, and you're not saying what God says. You know what the enemy does? Same thing he did in the garden. Did God really say? And you need to be such a person be like, oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Matter of fact, devil, let me tell you about it. Did God really say? You need to be, he's making you question God. It's good to have questions about God, but you can't question God. He's your creator. Who are you? So we come to God's word. We come to God's word and we, we, we come to him and receive his word. We must no longer remain ignorant. And I know some of you feel comfortable in churches that will let you remain ignorant because they do all the work for you. 
Make everything easy. You don't have to raise your hands and worship. You don't even have to sing. Just sit here and just nod. That's, that's worship. Just sit here and just nod. And you do your church thing and you go home and your life remains the same. And you're comfortable and you're entertained, but you're not transformed. I'm not here to entertain you. Occasionally, there's certain things I do that might be entertaining. And I'm not here to hype you up because hype won't last. You must not let the enemy silence you because when God's word shows up in your mouth, in your, in your life, God's word in your mouth, to your life, to your family, to your business, to the region, that, you, that wherever, what sphere of influence you are, when you start saying what God says, you don't got to be all preachy about it. You don't got to say it in King James Version. But when you say what God says with the faith that God says it, then you are releasing the will of God through the word of God and you are changing things. You are casting seeds, planting seeds. You are fighting warfare. You are changing things. So what has the enemy done? What have you allowed him to do that has kept you silent? And I'm not talking about those who get on Facebook and say a bunch of mean stuff on Facebook and think you're doing the kingdom of God a favor. Y'all need to stop that nonsense. You need to speak the truth, but you must be speaking it in love. And if you don't have a relationship with that person, then you don't need to be getting in an argument with that person. It ain't going to produce anything. Just focus on making disciples in your neck of the woods. Speaking the truth. We must not let go of truth. But you got to walk in relationship to love people so you can have conversation with them. So this thing about being silenced because of ignorance, it's a lack of knowledge. Some of you are here this morning, and, and we get this all, all the time. Matter of fact, uh, a couple weeks ago, after, when I said that little interruption in the middle of service about somebody's here that just, that just said or just thought to themselves that I've learned more in this church, in this service, and the whole last time at whatever, somebody came to me after service and told me that blew my mind because they had just thought and written down something in in their notebook to the fact of they were just here from Bowling Green, just moved back from Bowling Green, and something to the effect of I've learned more in this church than my whole time there in Bowling Green. And I get that all the time from people. I get that all the time. And I'm thinking, man, that's sad because I'm not really educated that much. <laughs> I mean, y'all know. <laughs> and it's sad to me when people say, man, I come here and I've learned more. It's like, it's like churches are allowing people to remain ignorant. And your ignorance is allowing your voice to remain silent. So the second thing he says is in that verse is rejecting knowledge. You know what? So it says your lack, your, your, they lacked knowledge, which is ignorance, and now they rejected it. So lacking knowledge is ignorance, but rejecting knowledge is arrogance. That means it's being presented to you. It's being presented to you, not just by your preacher, but by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's knocking, Jesus is knocking at your door. He's presenting it to you. Oh, but you're busy. Or, oh, you think you know better. See, ignorance is I don't know. And many of you here, in, in the simple term of the definition of ignorant, on certain things of the Word of God, you just don't know. You're ignorant. You've never been taught. And that's okay. 
That's okay. You, you're, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're growing and you're leaning in to grow. But the arrogance is, I know better. I don't need God's knowledge. I don't need it. I know better. I know more. My way is better. That's pride and it's arrogance. But we don't, we don't need revelation from God. We don't need wisdom from God. My life is just fine. There's no chaos. The goal in your life should not be the absence of chaos. The goal in your life should be the vision and purpose of what God's created you to be, do, and have, and give. And some of you, he call, He's called you to be here, but you're content with being here, and you will stand before the Lord and give an account for your lack of diligence. You're saved, so you're righteous, but you will give an account for your lack of stewardship of all the gifting He's given you. Why do I want to grow? Why do I seek the Lord? Why do I always say, Lord, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to be, I want to, in a sense, be more. I want to do more. Not because I'm arrogant and prideful, because I know it doesn't come from me. Some of you in this room, I'm just saying this to be safe. I could say it another way to be radical, but I'm going to say it this way to be safe. Some of you in this room are called to be millionaires. But your, your poverty mindset is keeping you from doing it. And he's not calling you to be millionaires because of the money. He's calling you to be millionaires because of the generosity. And because of operating and activating all the gifting that he has in you. See, it's arrogant. It's arrogant. There's, there's an arrogance that happens that kind of masquerades as humility, but it's actually prideful arrogance that robs you of the experience of growing in everything that God has called you to be. Because you or somebody else has put a ceiling in your life down here. And what is your ceiling could actually be your floor. But you're too arrogant to hear the Holy Spirit say, let me show you my way. Because when God begins to increase you, there's people who won't like what's happening in your life and they'll judge you and they'll criticize you and say, I don't think you should be here. I think you should be here. And you just say, bless you in Jesus' name. You're not the one I'm going to stand before. So there's an arrogance that robs you of knowledge. The last one, it says they were forgetting knowledge. And that forgetting knowledge is negligence. It's I have a form of knowledge, but maybe deny the power thereof. I have a form of knowledge, but I, I neglect so great a salvation. Some of you know in this room right now and watching online, some of you know Jesus is Lord and you know God is raising from the dead, but you have pridefully, arrogantly, uh, ig ignorantly, you have uh, neglected Yielding your life to Jesus, maybe saying I'll do it later or whatever, when you know He's Lord and you know you've not surrendered your life to Him, and you're neglecting the greatest miracle of all, salvation. And then there's other areas where you're neglecting, you're neglecting to go to the Word of God and grow in the Word of God. What does God's Word say about marriage? What does God's Word say about finances? What does God's Word say about walking in victory? 
What does God's word say about purity and relationships? Not flipping and leaning back into this world system of, well, listen, if it's just love, love is love, and it's two people just loving one another, what's the big deal? That's negligence on behalf of a Christian. Love is not love. God is love. And if you want to come to a higher level, a higher level of intimacy, a higher level of sexuality, divine, then you need to do it God's way. But, 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 okay, what's going to be the authority of your life? Society? Society going to be the authority of your life? What's going to be the authority of your life? Self-reason, what you think? How's that worked out for you? Or is it going to be the Scriptures? The Word of God. So no more ignorance. No more arrogance. And no more negligence. And the knowledge of God down there in your notes, the, the knowledge of God is knowing Him. It's not just knowledge. It's knowing Him. It's the knowledge of God. His peace. Jamie quoted the verse about His peace. He didn't say, He didn't just say, peace like as an abstract general thing I'm going to give you peace it's my peace I've given to you my righteousness my love so my love is not the world's love my peace is not world peace my righteousness is not self-righteousness so you can either live from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which there ain't nothing good about it the good side is self-righteousness The evil side is just straight up unrighteousness. You can live off the standard of the knowledge of good and evil, knowing good and evil from man's perspective, or you can just know God. I would rather walk in the knowledge of God in relationship with Him, knowing Him, knowing Him, than trying to, to manage some worldly form of wisdom between the knowledge of good and evil, what's right and what's wrong. I'd rather know him. I'd rather know him. And so it's not just knowing things about him. It's knowing him. It's knowing him. Lord, I want to know you. Paul said that, Lord, I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and your sufferings. I want to know you. I want to know you. I come to your word because I want to know you. And you know, there's a verse in James I believe it's James 4, 16 or 17. It says, to him who knows to do good and does it not, it is sin. That's negligence. So are we neglecting knowing him? And then that last blank there, knowledge is? So y'all are scared. You know it's a trap. Most people say knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. Applied knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. If you, know, if, if you say you know something, but you don't know it to the point of action, then knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. So we all have so much more potential power, potential purpose in our lives that we have not been matured in yet. God has already given it to us for free because Christ lives inside of us, but we're not walking in it yet because we have not 
uh, by the, being led of the Holy Spirit, we've not searched the word to be trained in the things of the knowledge of God so that what the truth of God's word transforms our life to where that what, who we are and what we do looks just like him. Because Christ lives in us. So applied knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. And we want to know him. Guys, here's, here's what happens. Like Jamie was talking about being attacked and having fear and everything. When you know him, what ends up happening on your good days and on your sad days or your days of struggle, you begin to remind yourself based on the knowledge of God, you begin to remind yourself he is faithful. He is true. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, I'm in a battle. Yes, I'm in a struggle. Yes, this is hard. Yes, this is wearing my flesh out. Yes, uh, there's times I feel like giving up hope. Yes, there's times I don't know what to do. But I will praise you, God. Jeff talked about that last week. As, as King David would be honest with the struggle that he's in. It's not a lack of faith to be honest with your struggle. But you got to have let faith have the final word. But God, I will praise you. But God, I will exalt you. Because even though things are changing and it's changing so fast, I can't keep up with the change that God, you have never changed. You are faithful and you are true. So when I when I don't know what's going on and I'm being rocked in my circumstances in business and in family and I, I don't know what's happening. Is this is this somebody's flesh at work? Is it my flesh at work? Is this God doing something? Is this the devil doing something? I, I read circumstances can be so confusing. And that's why you got to be careful not to assume, well, God's doing this. The whole phrase God's allowing this to happen is a dangerous phrase. I would reverse it and say, maybe you're allowing it to happen. That's not always true. I get it. That's not always true because there's things you can't control. So it's not always true. But I think it's a better premise to start from than saying God's allowing this to happen. Because God is not up in heaven watching and saying, okay, I'll let that go through. Nope, I'm going to hold that. He's not every circumstance in your life. You get a flat tire. God, God why would you allow this to happen? That's a, that's a very distorted, small view of God. So when you walk in the knowledge of God, you know what he's, that he's given you a new identity and a new authority for you to stand up and take authority and change things. Change things. So when you're being shaken and you're being stirred and you're being attacked, you're going through a battle and going through a struggle, and you don't know exactly what God is trying to do in the midst of that situation. You don't know if it's you. It's all mixed together. And sometimes it's you at work, it's the enemy at work, and it's God at work. And if it's God at work, I'm telling you right now, he's doing the good. He's not bringing sickness to your life. He'll bring correction in your life. You listen to me carefully. Some of y'all are going to get mad at this. He'll bring correction into your life, but he won't bring judgment. Not judgment in the sense of wrath. Because Jesus already took your wrath. He will get straight up in, in the definition of the word judgment. It is literally a verdict. It's a decision. So he will bring judgment in the sense of correction. But he's not bringing judgment in the sense of wrath. You reap what you sow. Wise people are changed by conversation. Hey, stop doing this. Okay, Lord. Start, start doing this. Okay, Lord. Wise people are transformed and changed by conversation. Unwise people, in case you know any, 
are only changed by consequences. And some of you are waiting, not on a word from God, because you already got one. Some of you are waiting on God to literally come in and just... Anybody had that happen? And then God got my attention. No, 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 no. God didn't come down and to get your attention. God's been trying to get your attention by knocking at your door. His still small voice speaking and you've not given him your attention. And then a consequence happened in your life and you blame God for what you sowed into. And you've trained your life not to be mature, to live by conversation, but to be immature and live by consequence. And so that's how you, some of you husbands, okay, oh Lord Jesus. We're going to see what spirit this is of. Uh, Some of you husbands. My wife is so this, my wife is so, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Maybe you've trained her. Because maybe she's told you once or twice, sugar and you know, spice, really nice, whatever. Maybe she's asked you, like, hey, honey, would you, hey, would you do this? Hey, whatever. But you weren't paying attention. Goes a couple different times, and pretty soon she's like, okay, it's about to get real. And now she comes to you a little different way, like, hey. Hey, McFly. <laughs> Hey, and she gets negative, which she shouldn't do. But say she gets negative and gets whatever, and then suddenly you're like, what? And now she has your attention. Your immaturity has trained the relationship to be consequence-driven. Instead of, hey, babe, I need this. Could you please do it? And so in our relationship with Christ, because of lack of knowledge because of ignorance, arrogance, or negligence in our relationship with God, we're not moved by the Word of God. We're not moved by the Spirit of God. We're not moved by the leading of the Spirit in our life because we're sensitive and aware of what He's doing because we know Him and we're walking in relationship with Him, whether it's in church, at home, or in the workplace. We sense when He's leading. We sense what He's saying. We know when to talk, when not to talk, uh, what to say and how to say it. What to do and when to do it. Because we're moving, we're, we're maturing and being moved by the knowing God and walking in the knowledge of God. When we don't have that, we're just waiting on God, literally waiting on God to just create a consequence. I had a man one time sit in my office, and this is what he said. He was committing adultery on his wife. Came into my office with the wife in the room, both seeking help, not knowing what was going to happen. And the man said, I'm mad at God. And I'm like, all right, moron, tell me why you're mad at God. I'm mad that God didn't keep me from committing adultery. You know, that's when you do that. That's that lightning rod. You're just kind of like, woo, back up. What did you talk about? God won't keep you from it. That's not spiritual maturity. That's an immature baby speaking foolishness, saying, I'm in the condition of my life because God didn't stop me. That's ignorance. That's arrogance. That's negligence. People are destroyed. And so that person is not saying the word of God in their life. 
They're silenced. And see, here's what it means to be silenced. You're no longer an effective witness. And the greatest thing you and I have to do in this life is to know Him and make Him known. To know Him and make Him known. What kind of knowledge is your life revealing? Worship team, come on up so there's at least hope I'm going to end this thing. (laughs) On, On the backside of your notes, it's all scriptures you can look at. There's probably five or six more I wanted to put on there. You can read those scriptures. You can study those scriptures on the backside of your notes. And if you look at the bottom of that page, you see the word no. And that word no, this is the definition of that word no. It means to be aware of, to behold, to consider, and to experience. Circle the word experience. Because the biblical definition of the word no is not an intellectual thing. It involves every aspect of your life. It's not just logic, it's living. So knowing is not an intellectual thing. Oh, I know this. No, knowing when I know in the kingdom of God, when you know something, you do something. You're a doer of the word. You're a doer of the word. You know it when you do it and you know it when you know you can teach others how to do it because you're already doing it. And so you walk in this thing of, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. And I don't know what area that you need. We all have these different areas. So in your life groups and in in church and when you're searching things, you need to be studying and continually growing of, I need to know more. I need to know how to build this or how to do this. God, I need to know your ways. I need to know your wisdom. I need to know you, that my life is transformed by your word and by your spirit that I begin to be aware of and I begin to behold and I begin to consider. It's the renewing of my mind. I don't let the world shape me. I don't let, and listen to me, I don't care who's in the White House. I know, first of all, Lord Jesus, send some more candidates. I almost don't even care who. And I think you should vote. I think you should should. Take stands on on certain things in a righteous and loving and right way. But guys, listen, we're not here to build America. We're here to build the kingdom of God. That's what we're here to do. And we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility in this nation to do what we're called to do, to take a stand and, and all that kind of stuff. But what's more important drives me crazy when people get all this politically passionate. And like, if you were half as passionate about the kingdom of God and the Great Commission as you were about this political nonsense, watching Fox News all day, pick up your, pick up your Bible, not at all. Watching whatever news thing you watch. See, our job in this world that will pass away, this world will pass away. Our job is souls. Our job is souls. And the problem is we get fed up and or caught up in a lot of this stuff in the knowledge of other things instead of the knowledge of God. And it hinders our effectiveness because now, because now, would you lead somebody from the opposite party who disagreed with you on all points? Would you spend time praying and working in relationship with them, even though they disagree with you on all points, to see them come to the Lord? 
Or is your measure of them coming to the Lord, they switch to your political party? I know. Should have had Jeff. I know. (laughs) We're in Christ. We're bigger than that. In Christ, we're better than that. Lord, use me to reach people that disagree with me so that they can know you. And then, Lord, I trust you to disciple them. His knowledge transforming our life spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, transforming our life. A transformed people by the knowledge of God who have the power to transform people by the knowledge of God. Don't let, in times of battle, in times of struggle, don't let what you do know or don't let what you don't know keep you from what you do know. Remember the Lord. Refocus back to what you know to be true. The enemy is trying to silence you. So don't be ignorant. Don't be arrogant. And don't be negligent. Let us grow in the knowledge of God. Let us grow in the knowledge of God. And he builds a mighty people. He builds his church based on revelation knowledge of who he is. And we go to the highways and byways of this city. And we stand in the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And we may be attacked because of it. They persecuted Jesus, going to persecute us. But we stand in love and we stand in truth. I want to go into one worship song and I ask the, the team, the prayer team to come up. We have a team of people ready to pray for you. And I want you to respond. I want you to search your heart. Maybe, maybe you're here and you would say, I'm ignorant. I need to know more. And maybe the starting place for you is, I do believe Jesus is Lord. I do believe God has raised him from the dead. But I've never surrendered my life to him. That today is a day that you can come to one of these people. You, you, you would get up out of your seat and just come and say, listen. I've been running from the Lord long enough. I've been scared long enough. Maybe it's I've been prideful long enough. I still have questions about God, but I know this, that he's Lord and God raised him from the dead. And today is a day I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Coming to church does not mean you're beginning a relationship with Jesus. Just like you visit going to a wedding doesn't mean you're getting married. It's got to be... You can't just sit there. You got to be. You got to come and be like, Lord, I do. And I believe there's some of you here that, if you were to be honest with yourself, you've never surrendered yourself to the Lord. And you can come and receive prayer and tell Him, I want to give my life to Jesus. And some of you are ignorant, but even more than that, you're arrogant. And you would admit there's areas of your life where you have kind of shut down the Holy Spirit. Certain areas are like, I know, don't tell me, don't tell me. You're not correctable. You're not teachable. And you're just coasting, sitting in church service. Knowing that you're going to heaven because you're born again. But you're limiting. Your arrogance is limiting 
you bringing heaven to earth. We need you. This world, your family, your children need you to grow in Christ, to be teachable, to be correctable. If I wasn't teachable, if I wasn't correctable, you wouldn't want to come come hear me. Because I would act as a prideful know-it-all instead of somebody who's learning just like you. So we need to come and say, God, I trust you. And I need you to correct me. I need you to teach me that my way is not right. I need you to come teach me and show me through your wisdom and a spirit of revelation. And Lord, let me me have a hunger and appetite for your word that your voice would leap off the page in my heart and in my mind. But that takes commitment. And some of you might be here this morning and say, that's me, I need to do it. Here's what I ask you to do. Get over your arrogance, get over your pride, and come down here and tell somebody. Well, I can't come down front. I can't get over your arrogance, get over your pride. Well, no, I'll just do it at home. Listen to me. Get over your arrogance, get over your pride. Who in the heaven do you think you are? Get over your arrogance, get over your pride, and humble yourself before the Lord and watch how He exalts you in His goodness. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything, as we go into the song of worship, I want you to come. So let's stand to our feet. Holy Father, we bless Your holy name. We thank You for the working of Your Spirit, God. We thank You, Lord, that we are growing in Your knowledge, that we are Spirit-fed, that we are Scripture-fed, Spirit-led, God, that You're leading us and You're growing us, God. You're empowering us to walk in obedience, God. You're empowering us to declare over the sin and the works of the enemy in our life, no more. We're shutting that door. We're shutting that door. And this year we're walking through this open door of knowing more the knowledge of God, the applied knowledge, the skillful wisdom that you transform our life as we become doers of your word. So help us to know more. And let your life and grace and blessing rest upon your people as we minister to one another and worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come receive prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.